Welcome to a very special episode of the DLC podcast. You heard that hype train uh, jingle. We are in it. We are in E3. Uh, This week, DLC stands for discussing the latest conferences because, uh, oh my gosh, what a jam-packed day of press conferences. I'm working on very little sleep. Uh, Hopefully you listened to our episode yesterday where we talked about the Bethesda and EA press conferences that started, uh, I guess we call that day negative one now, uh, and we're on technically day zero of E3, just finishing it up. Uh, and uh, it's it's very late. I stayed up very late last night. Got up very early this morning. I'm a zombie. Been running around to all the conventions. I was uh, at all the press conferences at the convention. Uh, and uh, you know, I'm holding it together. Uh, but thankfully, Christian Spicer is here with me. Christian, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I uh, also tired. I have one follow up from my intro from yesterday's show. Um, if you don't agree with me and you think there's another way to help or fix the problem, do something. Do something. If you think it's a mental health issue, find a mental health resource in your community that you think makes a difference and donate time or money there. Do something. Prove me wrong. Do something. Let's do something. I can't sit around and do nothing anymore. So find your way to help and do something. That is all. Indeed. Yeah, indeed. Uh, the real world still uh, weighing on all of our minds very heavily as we uh, go through what is really the most exciting week in video games uh, of the year. And I think uh, the Monday of E3 is always the biggest day of the of the E3 schedule because you have the heavy hitters coming out showing their uh, all their secrets and all of the stuff we've been speculating for so long. Uh, Microsoft had a big press conference followed by Ubisoft, and then the PC game press conference, which I didn't get a chance to watch. Did you watch that, Christian? I watched all of it until I jumped over to the Ubisoft conference. It was better than last year's, but it was still bad. It was, uh, okay. if anyone listening knows the producers of that, call me. I can make it better. I promise you I can make it better. Not even as your host, um, just in the production side of things, I promise you I can make it better next year than what you did the past two years. I like that you're doing one. Let's make it better. Yeah. I'm all for that. I didn't get a chance to watch it because I was running around downtown uh, getting to uh, getting to Ubisoft. But uh, I then we then went to Sony. Uh, so we got we got big big stuff to talk about. So we probably won't talk too much about the PC stuff unless you want to bring things up, Christian. Because I don't even know what was revealed, if anything. There. Well, um, any big, big I'll things? hit on three things that caught my eye out of the the PC press conference. Super hot VR version. Yeah, we we heard rumors of that, but I'm glad it's really a thing. A A game called Tyranny that is Obsidian's um, next new RPG RPG game that you're going to love. That doesn't look my style, but I think you will love. And then the Turing Test, which is coming out of Square Enix that has uh, Portal vibe written all over it. It's problem solving Mm -hmm. in a first person, and um, it looks really interesting. I think also was VR, I think? Maybe? I forget. Mm. It looked really fascinating, interesting. Those are the three takeaways from from that that uh, were standouts to me. Very cool, very cool. Uh, we uh, usually have a guest. Uh, we are doing this very late at night, and uh, we 
had some some people that uh, potentially could have been, been on. It's not working out, but that's okay. We got a lot to talk about, and Christian and I are gonna gonna hash it out just the two of us this time. Uh, and then uh, the next episode we'll do will be our big E3 wrap-up episode. And we have an awesome guest coming for that. Yahoo Games, uh, Ben Silverman, will be with us, who I hung out with a bunch today uh, at all the press conferences and talked to a lot. So uh, he's excited to be on. We're excited to have him on, and he'll be a great guest for next week. But tonight we we hash through all of the, the craziness of today and uh, uh, figure out what's what. Uh, I'm I'm tempted to go in reverse order, but... Uh, that's just because that's what's freshest in my mind, and I gotta say, I think uh, I think Sony is a the, a clear. If you're gonna award a winner for press conferences, I think Sony certainly um, took my vote as far as the the most fun, impactful, interesting, exciting uh, press conference uh, from anybody over the last two days, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they. Um, they didn't really do a press conference so much as a theatrical event. And I'm a sucker for that kind of thing. And I think they figured out, oh, they even mentioned it at the beginning, saying, um, and now enjoy the show. Understanding that it is a show, it is not necessarily a press conference anymore. Uh, it, it once was, but it no longer is. Now it is really a show. And they made they put on a show. Um but, I, but maybe we'll get to that. Just maybe I'll ask you, Christian, what you thought overall your takeaway is as to which is maybe the winner of the of the day. I think it was a great day. I think if you go back and listen to my comments from yesterday, there's no way you can't agree that EA and Bethesda's conferences got their booties kicked by everything that was on display today, like except for the PC gaming conference. These conferences today were – they were shows. And I think Microsoft and Sony – kind of broad paintbrushes, you know, of the two conferences were almost a tale of two cities. And I think both were excellent. Microsoft was very much awesome music, you know, great, like catchy pop jingles or, you know, the, the trend of the out of place music with what you're doing on screen is still, it still works, you know, like the old timey Christmas Carol to zombie slaughter. It still works. I mean, Gears of War did it way back with Gears of War one with mad world and, that concept still works. And that's what the Microsoft press conference was. And I found myself bobbing my head and having a good time, even though I wasn't necessarily interested in the game because the way they presented things was super, super slick. And Sony came in and they made theirs feel majestic and large. And they opened it with these games that had these beautiful lush landscapes and and done to a live orchestra and it had this sense of grandeur where i felt like so sony was coming in and you know trying to be awe-inspiring and take our breaths away and microsoft was just like hey man we're gonna have some great games and this is awesome you're awesome this is awesome it reminded me of the first time you boot up your xbox one and you get that really great splash video and you don't like half those games but you're still like F yeah, I'm doing it. <laughs> and yeah. they were both super. Yeah, effective. I mean, uh, Sony was was in the Shrine Auditorium, which is a big classical proscenium theater. And contrast that with where they've been the last few years, which is in a warehouse, a big old warehouse that they convert into a stage. Uh, I think they really embrace the fact that they're in this very majestic old theater in downtown Los Angeles, bringing in a live orchestra. Uh, you know, dressing to the nines, coming out in front of that gigantic uh, red curtain and having 
real set design, like these big set pieces would come in uh, to accent the video screen and they had actual special effects, you know, fog machines and lighting and all kinds of crazy stuff. So they really created a theatrical event that I thought was, was pretty and so neat. few people. I mean, I think there was Andrew House, yeah. Sean, uh, Kojima. Was that it? I mean, like there's yeah, not too many different folks. It was it was a lot of uh, un um, um, unintroduced mm-hmm. things that just sort of happened. They just came onto the screen, and that was fine. Uh, so that's kind of our our macro look. Let's get into the micro of it all. Uh, might as well start at the beginning, which was uh, early morning Microsoft. Uh, Microsoft had, did a very odd thing. They bookended their press conference with hardware announcements. Uh, that's odd in the sense that they had two, and they put one at the beginning, one at the end, and both of them are consoles. Um, we had heard a you know the leak of the uh, the Xbox. What I'm calling the Xbox Ones, <laughs> uh, Xbox One S, Xbox Ones. Um, the uh, the slim version of the the Xbox One, which is quite a bit slimmer, forty percent smaller, which is pretty dramatic uh, size decrease, and now can be mounted on its end uh, is is in a, a kind of an attractive white uh, with a new version of the controller, um, and is going to be two ninety nine uh, to start. Which what does that it's mean? The five hundred means the, so. There's three versions. They're launching with the special edition two terabyte first, which I forget the price of. And then they have a one terabyte, and then the five hundred gigabyte will be the two ninety nine one. So it's the prices go up as you get to that two terabyte edition. But you'll get into the base edition for two ninety nine. I mean, this is the appleification of consoles, right? We are in full on multiple SKUs. Get what you want. Have you know more hard drive space? Somehow is really expensive, even though it really should. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, interesting, interesting way to start. I thought. And I think that's a it's a cool console if it wasn't for the way they ended, right? Who, <laughs> which is crazy to me. So let's just let's just start talking about that because I think that's the biggest news to come out of Microsoft. We'll get into the games for sure, but since they are bookends, it's kind of hard to, to talk about them individually and not together. I think the the Xbox One Slim is a really smart, cool way to juice sales on your console. It's you know, people didn't like how big and bulky that thing was. Now it doesn't have the power brick anymore. It's all inside and it's a smaller thing and it can be mounted on its end and it's got 4K output and it and it's less expensive and it just feels like, wow, this is a great way to, to, to you know, kind of bring new life to your Xbox One except for the fact that you then end your conference saying we're about to make a really good console that's going to be the most powerful thing on the market. It's going to make everything on the market – seem like garbage, <laughs> including that thing that remember an hour ago when we told you about that thing that we're making, it's going to make that seem like garbage too. I, I, t- tell me how I'm sure you're flabbergasted like I am. I'm, I'm not sure who it's for. And I tweeted it out and some people, you know, were replying that it's, uh, it's for the average consumer, the person who doesn't need the newest, latest, best and the hottest, whatever. And I think, I think that's right. If that, Scorpio comes in at five hundred or six hundred dollars, but I think a year later, buyer's remorse even for the average consumer is is gonna is gonna be a punch to the gut, especially an announced. Like I don't know, I don't know who this is for. If you haven't bought either console yet, you know you haven't jumped into this generation and you're tempted to. I I have a hard time saying go Xbox this year 
even though I mean technically the PS4 thing is coming, but they haven't like said it yet. I, I as a year goes by fast, it's I, I I don't I don't know, Jeff. I can't I can't figure it out. Aside from what little birdies have told me that this thing was you know both of these consoles was very reactionary and it was oh crap we got to do something and they pulled off two somethings i i don't know i mean if you're listening and you're thinking about buying an xbox one s i'd love to know your reasons why and why you know you think it's the right decision and maybe you're going to trade it in after a year and you're going to do that straight up apple route and go on you know one of these resale sites and get a little bit of money back and just keep chugging along i don't i don't get it i don't get it Maybe they'll start having this the the thing where you can buy the the plan where you get the new console every year, like you do with phones. Um, although those are terrible deals, but yeah, it, it it the messaging around the Project Scorpio, which is how they ended. And I know we're jumping ahead, but I I think it all no, needs blind, to be lumped yeah. together. Um, it, the the big mic drop was this going to be the most powerful console ever made. It's going to be six teraflops. You know, you get a teraflop and you get a teraflop. Everybody gets a teraflop. Um, But also we promise that no gamers left behind and it's not – there's not going to be any schism in the thing because all the things are going to work for – so what's the point of having the most powerful console on the the planet if – Everything will work across all of the Xbox Ones? Is? Well, I mean, I think it's the same reason why PC gamers are lining up to buy a, a GTX 1080 or 1070 when the games that are coming out have, you know, don't have to, but the games that are coming out will run on my 980 Ti just fine, right? It's, I mean, I think it's that scalability of the PC architecture where you'll have the uncapped frame rate or the high res texture pack or something like that, but it does seem. It does seem odd. What I'm most curious about, and I think you tweeted out, you know, the press conference with more questions than answers. <laughs> um, I'm curious to know, like, let's just pick a game. Um, Crackdown 3, since they didn't show that. So let's just say Crackdown 3 comes out around the same time as Scorpio. I'm almost more curious to play it on my current Xbox One than I would be to play it on a Scorpio just to see how it runs. Like, how... How do they handle that? Like, what's the bare minimum frames per second they're willing to allow? Like, it needs to run 20 frames per second, 30 frames per second on the existing hardware, and then Scorpio go all out? I don't, I don't know. It's... Yeah, that's the question, right? Is is Scorpio just going to be a, a, a sliders machine? Like, you just, just slide the sliders up, because I don't think... It should work like a PC, you know, where yeah, I get the I get the 980 or the 1080 so that I can move all the sliders up to my, make my game look real nice. But but if I'm a console gamer and I'm buying the biggest baddest console on the market, I'm hoping that they're actually going to make games that take advantage of it. If it's got a, a a real you know badass processor in it, give me more complexity in the game itself. You know, take advantage of the hardware in ways that aren't just turning those sliders up. I, I feel like it's a wasted opportunity to actually take advantage of that hardware. And, and then if you do, then, then you are having some gamers left behind because you can't play it on the Xbox One. Well, the good news is if Microsoft has taught us anything, what they announce and what they end up doing can be very different, right? I mean, they have a year. If 
if these Xbox One S's don't sell at all, and Sony took a little swipe at them in their press conference, or they said, you know, we have a console that can already do VR. <laughs> you don't need to wait for Scorpio was their implied right. um, reference there. And if they get their, their butts trounced in sales for another year and they have this beast of a console, I think it's going to be hard for them to sit back and say, no, every game needs to run on the existing Xbox One and for have them not just just do an even earlier version of what they did with the OG Xbox and just like rip off the Band-Aid and that gen's over and here we go, strap in. By the way, Scorpio's fully backwards compatible. Like, you know, that's the aside, but then they just dive into new gen because I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's a strange thing. And, and to say it's coming out holiday 2017, what software is going to be on this thing is it just going to be the games that we already know that they're sort of making for that period with that look a little prettier or can run in 4k i don't know i I don't i don't know i'm excited i like the idea of of a company making the ferrari of of game consoles i've always said that i want i want the you know the most powerful thing you can stick into a box give it to me but i don't understand the messaging and i think it's going to have to be refined and there's so many questions so many questions i have uh Go ahead. No, I just wonder how many current uh, Xbox Ones are sitting in distribution somewhere and what those prices will go down to. Like, that's how I'd almost recommend diving into this generation. If you can get a current Xbox One, like an Xbox One fat for one nine or whatever, like one fifty, like how cheap are these things going to be? Because <laughs> they had killer deals before with like five games bundled. You know, you can play Overwatch on it, buy it. <laughs> I mean, we, we, uh, and I, in particular, you know, rag on Nintendo for feeling like they're directionless with, you know, coming out with a Wii U that didn't, they didn't know what to do with the gamepad. But I think you, you got to turn that same accusation onto Microsoft. If you look at Xbox One, you know, here's something that launched with a with a Kinect sensor that has completely been abandoned. It's not and even here we are just the, the slim. You need to buy an adapter yeah. to hook up a Kinect should you want to. It's it's crazy how much that console has been kind of you know retconned into something completely different it's now we're looking at well just we'll just make it this other one that's super powerful because we want to make the most powerful thing on the blog i, I don't know i think you i think your plan of pulling the band-aid off and just being like it's a new thing and we're just updating this console generation quicker and forget all you guys <laughs> <laughs> i don't know I don't know. That might be better. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, let's talk games, though. Um, Gears of War 4 is what they started with, and they showed a very prolonged uh, single-player thing. Did you come away impressed? Yes. Um, I thought it looked amazing. I don't know if – apparently on the S, they, it can run HDR and have a few more little – bells and whistles going i guess already but i thought it looked really good i don't know if i liked the end where it was like that marcus showing up and it was like hey son um like i think the plot of the game is going to be cheesy but from what they showed of the gameplay and the progression it looked like gears and it looked pretty i love gears it's the franchise that i always think i'm over and then i sit down to play again and i'm like why would why did i think i was over this franchise it's so good did it change yeah. all your heart or were you kind of just hanging out I was just kind of hanging out. Um, let me just say real quick in the chat, White Fox SG says that uh, they will are going to give a Connect adapter for free to anybody that buys a Slim. Yeah, good so, to know. There's that. Uh, but yeah, I um, I was not completely roped back into the Gears thing. I'm sure it'll be a very fun game. Uh, it just felt 
it felt like gears, more gears. Uh, I was I was hoping to see something that would breathe some fresh life into that. You know, it's a very tried and true formula uh, with you know that many gears games already. Uh, you know that that work and are really really fun. And maybe more of that will will be a great time. But I thought it was a neat opportunity for them to kind of take it maybe in a new direction or just kind of introduce something that might be a little unique or uh, a new shade of that universe that we haven't seen. And it, it really felt like more of Gears. And I guess that's good, but I don't know. It's a tough place to be in. It's a Gears game. It needs to be a Gears game. I don't know how drastically, like I don't want to spend a lot of time pitching on it, but I don't know how drastically they can change it and, and not upset people that want Gears. I mean, that's a really big yeah. franchise. It's a franchise that Microsoft bought you know, because right. they loved it so much. I think it's gonna I think it's gonna blow a lot of people away when it comes out. I think the thing for these conferences is, and it's kind of the dark underbelly of E three, is that we've seen gears for three years now, so it's hard to get as excited for it, even though it's coming out really soon. Like right now, I wanna play uh We Happy Few or something. You know what I mean? Something I'm like, ooh, that's new yeah. and exciting instead of this thing that's awesome that's two months away. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that when they showed Sea of Thieves, that was, I felt like such a breath of fresh air. Um, and I don't know, maybe I was just got a little fatigued of, of, you know, sort of the same things over and over again. And Sea of Thieves really felt like something new and fresh oh. and interesting. And <laughs> no, I was just saying, oh, sorry. <laughs> that felt so flat for me. It just felt like, what do you do in this? Oh, Pull up the sail, sail here, uh, sail here, shoot each other, sail here. And like it had that Ubisoft fake chatter, like, we're smiling, ho oh, ho, turn the wheel. Hey guys, if you all come down here, you can help me turn the wheel. I was like, what are you doing? I think that was all genuine. I felt like that that was actually recorded people playing that they cut together. Uh, and maybe the cut made it feel disingenuous, but I felt like more, so, I mean, we'll get to the Ubi thing, but <laughs> oof, they outdid themselves this year with that stuff. Um, People thought yeah, it was no, in like, VO, like for the Ubisoft. <laughs> I know, it was so, so bad. But uh, I felt like the, they like really got some YouTubers to play it, and they were really having a good time. And, and I thought it, it was just there to sort of show that it, it really is a a community experience. It's a, it's a collaborative experience. It's this the fun of it is what you do together and the silliness that you get into together. And I, which I think is a different thing than trying to show that ghost recon is like this elite team of co-op. This more felt like, uh, you, you know what the fun of it is bumping into each other and figuring it all out and laughing. And I think that that really, it really charmed me. And I, I look forward to playing this game very much. I, I came away from that game really excited because it it didn't feel it felt like it was this creative thing it was a cooperative thing it had humor it had so much charm and and it just felt so new and different i saw like nothing i saw the the charm i don't know if i saw the humor in the the game itself i don't know if i saw the creativity they were all doing things that you would do in that real environment like it didn't have you know they weren't minecrafting things they were just they went to a boat and they sailed the boat no, I don't mean creative in the sense of creating something. I mean maybe in the I- idea of you know building your own fun, building your own storylines, building your own uh, – you know the story that they'll tell is that time that they made the boat sink and that and they didn't know what to do. And oh my god, I'm uh, – why was it you – know, why is it 
flooding or whatever. I, I found that to be fun, and I, I like the exploration sense that I got from the thing that they showed. Anyway, I'm very hopeful. Maybe I will be disappointed. I hope not. But I'm very hopeful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we saw Scalebound, which uh, is a uh, gigantic uh, boss battle game that, boy... It didn't look fun to me, but no. um, it, it showed better than the Final Fantasy fifteen big boss battle, which I was just like camera, 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 yeah. camera, camera, cam- crap, camera, camera. Scalebound to me, it it just looked like uh, I think. <laughs> what was your tweet? Uh, it's just if aliens came to us, our balls would all be glowing or something like that. <laughs> no, I said I finally realized. You know, in so many video games. The way you defeat the alien is you find the like fleshy, glowy pink part and, and you attack that that's not, you know, surrounded by scales or whatever. And I realized that uh, if if that was happening to us, if like some small, tiny insect or something had to take <laughs> us down, it would they would be just attack our testicles. That's, so that's the equivalent of a bug attacking, just like whacking away at my testicles, you know, and I'm like, oh, you know, and he's distracting me. And then I, I hit the ground and he jumps away at just the right moment and then just starts whacking away at my testicles again. It's so funny. Uh, <laughs> I think, yeah, platinum to me, it's not their arena com- it's not their shooty combat like i wanted him to get up close and go platinum on them and this just looked like avoid dash avoid dash shoot 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 avoid dash avoid dash shoot 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 um my interest in this game goes down every time i see it unfortunately yeah and you you know you brought up it's hard not to compare that to the final fantasy 15 burst battle where i guess you just attack something's hand a lot <laughs> i don't know um and that both of those I felt like boy the Final Fantasy 15 just hurts my heart because Final Fantasy to me is turn based and this this real time thing just looks like a massive step toward less fun for me personally maybe more people are excited about the action thing but uh, in both of those situations I feel like the the sense of fighting something larger than life doesn't or the, at least the way it's realized in both of these situations doesn't make me feel like it's more fun than fighting something my own size. And, you know, in, in God of War, on the other hand, I'm not even talking about the new one we saw today. I'm talking about any God of War you've ever played. When you fight something big, like there's a sense of the magnitude of that that makes it more fun. But just whacking away on something's fingernail for 20 minutes, I don't know. I don't know. Because yeah, in God of War, when you fight the big thing, well, sometimes you don't know you're, you're on a big thing until later, right? Like God of War 3, that moment where it zooms out and you're, the mountain you're on is uh, Titan. That's awesome. And the other times when you're fighting the big thing, you're climbing it and stab. It's kind of um, Shadow of the Colossus-esque. And yeah, this huge monster that they can render now and fill a screen, you need to make that combat encounter fun. And, uh, you know, I'll take fighting small guys like Ninja Gaiden any day because that those combat encounters were fun over like you said just at the end of the day you're just mashing x or a or whatever as a fingernail comes towards you and at some point the visual novelty of that wears off and i think i think we're at that point of the visual novelty but i think what people are trying to do is westernize this monster hunter idea because monster hunter is still so popular and so cool with the people that love it where you're getting together to take down this big beast but in the west it's never hooked us so they're like well how can we do that in a way that hooks these dummies over here and we're like i don't know we don't like this either (laughs) right yeah well that game to me 
I don't know if it doesn't seem to have any co-op to it, but that game looks like Horizon Zero Dawn. But we'll get to that. Uh, let's move through this. I, I know it's just, this is taking forever, but I want to give each game its due. Um, I was blown away, and I really want to ask you because you're a car guy. I was blown away by the Forza Horizon 3 trailer. I just thought that was one of the most gorgeous trailers I've ever seen. And the real-time, uh, you know, actual hands-on play that they were showing looked sweet, too. I, I just wish I loved car games more. I, I think that game looks stunning. Forza Horizon 2 was one of the best car games ever made. Forza Horizon 3 looks like they're just slightly tweaking and improving on that formula with dropping in and dropping out with your friends. And this is where I just need to eat crow and say, okay, I get why you liked uh, Sea of Thieves because that's just hanging out with your friends and doing stuff that you think is fun. And that's what Forza Horizon is for me too. So it's like you get your friends in, you make a race and you go, you do a race and you have fun or you just go to the beach and cruise around and peel out in front of your friends. And it looked, it was so cool the way they had you dropping in, you know, you automatically join the game. You're right there. Then the race starts and there you go. Like Forza Horizon is a type of game where I can play it without checking off missions, which is rare for me. Like I'm neurotic enough where I need to be, doing things but that game is so fun just to hang out and then before you know it you're in a race anyway i am very excited for forza horizon 3 it's uh it's soon but it's high on my list of maybe best of show if it wow plays as well yeah. as it should it definitely wowed me uh and that setting going to australia is was such a i think a, a stroke of inspiration for them i think that it just it looks beautiful and this idea of like racing against a helicopter and uh, just there's a lot of really fun concepts there i just wish it was more arcadey because i feel like i would enjoy it more just from my horizon have you, taste. did you play too did you play no forza horizon I mean, is more arcadey than forza yeah. so you, you might like it also we should mention the microsoft studios get a pc copy free if you buy it digitally yes I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, that would, they were hammering that over and over and over with all of their – certainly all of their first-party stuff. But you know, even a lot of the – just anything that was uh, you know, a prominent part of the press conference, play anywhere. It, it, that is a massive, uh, a massive deal. I think that is huge and I hope it catches on. I hope that lights a fire under a lot of other places that – We'll let you buy it once and play it on whatever device you want to play it on. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, then I think they need to optimize their PC side of things. Like, um, oh gosh, what was the Remedy game? I'm already forgetting its name. That's sad. Um, it just came out. Uh, oh, uh, Quantum, Quantum Break. Break. Quantum Break yeah. had problems on the... You're the one who liked it. <laughs> I know, I did. I did not finish <laughs> it. Uncharted 4 came out. Um, Quantum Break had problems on the Xbox Marketplace on PC, so hopefully they smooth this stuff out and you're actually able to take advantage of your PC hardware, but it, it's very cool to see them doing basically cross-buy between PC and console. What I thought was funny is when they announced it, though, they were like, so you're at home playing on your Xbox One, and now you got to go out. Well, you can take your game with you anywhere, through Play Anywhere. And I'm like, wait a minute, who's packing up their SLI 980 tower to <laughs> like, right. like what are you what, yeah, no what are you doing <laughs> uh, one of the big games that everybody expected to, to see more of and we did get to see more of was ReCore uh, which is uh, Inafune's new game and uh, Armature uh, it's coming out in September and um, you got robot dogs you got robot spiders you got robot pets 
uh, the, I think the aesthetic of the of the world is really really cool, but boy does the gameplay certainly seem like a throwback to something really simplistic and kind of old fashioned in in my opinion. I think I hope not. And some of that traversal stuff or like leaping through stuff or the insane platforming that they were showing looked really cool, but overall the game I was a little disappointed that it didn't look a little more I don't know innovative i'm still excited for recore i think it's all in how it feels which unfortunately for me was hard to tell from what they showed but if they nail that like jump air dash platforming type thing and then you land and get into some combat even if it's basic combat i think that can be a lot of fun i like the idea of of friends you know (laughs) it was like titan or tank friend dog friend i thought it looked really neat and as long as the controls are tight and you're able to do that stuff flawlessly then i think i'll have a lot of fun with it but if there's any ambiguity in the controls in that game i think it's going to go from like a eight or nine on my scale to a six or seven fast yeah Uh, it certainly looks interesting um i just i just hope it's more than just a sort of conventional third person action platform kind of hoping there's a little metroidvania-esque to it just because it's armature and those guys are some of those guys are metroid prime devs and yeah. since you have friends that can do different things, like maybe you need to get your tank friend to get through a certain level or something like that, I'm hopeful there's more to it, but we'll see. Uh, two new zombie games. One had leaked a little bit before. Uh, not Dead or Alive, although I called it that a couple episodes ago. Uh, Dead Rising 4. I thought the trailer for Dead Rising 4 was so, so great. So well done, and especially would have played so well if we all hadn't already known it was going to happen. Um, the way that they reveal Frank and the, the camera first, and him like sitting there doing doing <laughs> selfies, and uh, I just thought that was so clever. Um, you know, uh, Dead Rising, I think, has not exactly managed to keep itself. Um, I don't know, doing things that are fresh and exciting. Um, but I like the idea of returning to the first game's protagonist. I think, and I, and I hope the fact that there's a camera in the game means that, that photography stuff is back because I really liked that from the very first game. Um, what did you think of dead rising Four? It looks great. And I'm very excited. Dead rising is always the game that I feel like I'll probably use this analogy a lot. So I apologize. Dead rising is always the series that is assassin's creed one for me. Whereas I play it, I'm like, oh, this is, this is going to be, oh, they're just, they just tweak this and this, it's going to be awesome. And then the next one comes out and they tweak some of that stuff, but then they messed up other stuff. And I'm like, okay, but (laughs) they've got it now. Like this one's going to do it. And I was so jazzed. Dead Rising 3 was kind of in my head, like the system seller for the Xbox One. And that game fell very flat with me very quickly where it just became repetitive fetch missions and I didn't think the creativity was there the way it was in earlier games. So again, I'm really hoping that this is the one. This is their Assassin's Creed 2. <laughs> I want them to do it. Um, the other zombie game they showed is uh, State of Decay 2. I never played the first, but I got a lot of people tweeting me that the first State of Decay is excellent. Um, so I never tried it. But the idea here is a, a sort of mix between your zombie killing, which you always need to have in a zombie game, and a, I guess more of a survivalist can make things work together, uh, conserve, build community aspect to it, which that part really sounds intriguing to me. And I would, it certainly looked pretty. Um, 
I'm I'm willing to to you know definitely give this game a shot. I never tried the first game. Did you? No, I'm with you. I never tried the first one. When they were showing this, I thought it was Left for Dead Three at first. There was you know four people and they were shooting the flare and grouping together. The trailer was very effective for getting me interested in a game that you know I ha- like you said I haven't touched the franchise yet. So kudos for them for pulling me in. Yeah. Um, Halo Wars Two, which got a huge reception. I I never really thought Halo Wars was that popular but i guess it is a lot of people again on twitter were, were sending me messages that they were huge fans of halo wars i played a fair amount of halo wars i thought it was pretty good uh, rts on console is never easy to pull off i should say not just on console but on a controller uh they figured out a way to make it work ish but uh you know still i'd still prefer mouse and keyboard for an rts uh, but the halo wars trailer was cool and i think the the game looks pretty neat well you can mouse and keyboard it right if you play can it on you? pc Oh, for sure, yeah. And you can go back and forth. And pull it over. Go back and forth. Yeah, Yeah. RTS has been a genre that's never pulled me in after computers became powerful enough to have more on screen than I could keep track of. (laughs) I'm just like, oh, no, I'm over. Oh, dang it. I've lost. I've clearly lost. But that trailer, 343, or the Halo franchise in general, Bungie before and now 343, that trailer was epic of the two sides coming together and then it went in slow motion and the gorilla guy, like, pet the rocket as it was shooting past him it was <laughs> yeah. epic that didn't quite follow the logic there but no there was uh, no logic there i mean <laughs> they could have made out at the end of it and i still would have thought it was an incredible trailer i think they probably were good <laughs> um some interesting uh, announcements um new xbox live features are going to have clubs which i think is cool already a bunch of people were asking for a dlc club we will make one that will be fun uh looking for group which is pretty cool and this arena uh, I think those are all three excellent additions to uh, a vibrant online community. I think those are that's really cool announcements. Yeah, it's it's the type of thing that is. I'm really glad uh, Microsoft is doing. It needs to people need to use it for it to work. Like the beacons on Xbox 360, I felt like never lived up to their potential. But it was because the community never embraced them because we had all already found our workarounds. Like Apple has iCloud storage now, but by the time I felt like that became competent, I was already so bought into Dropbox. Like you create your own. Like people are chatting on Discord on you know PC gaming, so or Skype. They find their own workarounds. So I'm curious to see if the community will embrace this or if it will still just be people using. Uh, snapchat (laughs) to invite their friends to play games right yeah um i uh i have to say that i think maybe the the trailer that most affected me um either of these two days might have been that we happy few trailer wow was that thing it wasn't really even a trailer it was like a gameplay segment that they showed um and it was disturbing and evocative and a little crazy, a little reminiscent of Bioshock, a little reminiscent of, uh, I don't know, um, it, it got me and it made me feel like and hope that this game might actually be about something pretty real and pretty deep. It, it really felt like it had something to say. And that is always something I'm excited about with a video game where it's, it's, it's really trying to do something on, on multiple levels. It looked it looked incredible. I I don't understand why it's early access. Like that's the thing that kind of confused me. I, I think I'm just getting uh, old. Unfortunately, I'm you know Danny Glover and Lethal Weapon, where I don't understand early access for a lot of games. And like, when do they come out and pay us to help us fix it? And but you're being like they sell it to you. Like you're you're involved. You, you you're part of the cool club. Let it. Let's do this. Like 
pre-registering to get into alphas and paying to play early access i don't get but the game what they showed looked incredible i just don't know why it's early access like what changes if i buy it when it comes out and play it i don't think i'm gonna want to replay it when it's finished right is it that kind of game i don't know it's interesting i don't know it's um we should move on because there's a lot more to talk about but is there anything else in the microsoft conference or any other kind of overall thoughts um and they showed a lot of other Interesting stuff that that game inside, uh, which the person on stage referred to as a masterpiece, which you know people are like, well, he's just trying to sell it. I don't know. You don't use that word unless you really believe it. I think uh, that it's from the makers of Limbo, which is a, a game I cherish. Um, a lot, a lot of cool stuff. I thought. I, I thought it was a solid overall conference uh, from Microsoft. Yeah, I think it was an incredible conference. Forza Horizon, Recore, Gears of War. Um, we happy few and dead rising four are all games that i'm interested in that i'm going to be playing this year that's that's a great conference yeah and you know i think this is a common refrain this year but if it weren't for those leaks can you imagine if we if we didn't know anything about them making a more powerful console and then they start the conference with a console and then they end the conference with a console our minds would have been blown away (laughs) if we had been like what You know, if we hadn't had a couple of weeks to sort of digest that rumor and feel like, well, that's an interesting – wow, what does that mean? If it had just come out of the blue that, hey, we're announcing two consoles this year, I would have been completely flabbergasted by that. I don't think those announcements would have happened without the leaks though. Do you know what I mean? I think the people that were flabbergasted were the people at Microsoft. (laughs) I agree. I agree. I think think those leaks uh, were a little bit of a testing of of the reception of things. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, let's move on to Ubisoft. I mean, I know that uh, Ubisoft or Ubisoft, it was a funny little bit that they did trying to decide if it's pronounced Ubisoft or Ubisoft. Um, I go back and forth myself. Uh, we don't have to spend tons of time there, but they certainly seem to be the publisher that makes open world places that you do stuff in. And a lot of their games, you're doing very similar things. And I couldn't help but feel like so much of their con- their content is very similar. Yes. And and, and it kind of uh, bugs me. I mean, that co- the Ghost Recon Wildlands trailer, it just feels like a mashup to me of Just Cause and GTA and... I know it's Ghost Recon, and I, I guess it's cool. I, it certainly is impressive, the size and scale and scope. And boy, do I sound like I'm the cynic today. I don't know why, but I'm just I, – I'm so much more interested in things that feel fresh and interesting rather than that thing that you already like doing in those other games you can do in this game too. Yeah, it's tough because they – I would have been down on them for for this, but it's like they – they do it so well, you know? The The Division is really, really good. I know it has some server problems and some cheater problems, and Assassin's Creed fell off the rails for a while. A couple of games, I think, were kind of stinkers, but those games have been really good, too. Far Cry, phenomenal. So yeah. I kind of understand why not do the thing we do really well and then tweak it to maybe appeal more to this person and more to this person, but, like, watching all these like uh, Ghost Recon and um, Watch Dogs 2, I think the thing that if I get any of those games, I'll just be getting the Division DLC. 
because <laughs> it's like that's the cheapest way for me to get more ubisoft content you know what i mean like i want to yeah. do the ubisoft thing oh i can buy this dlc for 20 bucks in and we you know and we mentioned it earlier but really ubisoft come on with the actors do, doing the <laughs> the ghost recon trailer it was so long and so bad like they went so far like it's almost a parody of itself at this point that that's what they do every time and they went they they just leaned into it so hard i want to do some sort of sketch about the the like ubisoft press conference school of acting yeah. you know i think it would be so great like they all are just studying to be as inauthentic at playing video games as they possibly can be all right jeff hold your zeta position okay mark come on in you got to come down from the z-axis and come all right watch oh, the i flag. got him i got the tango don't you worry oh yeah that was sweet nicely done thank you hey julie yeah 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 just uh you got you got wheels for us yeah i got wheels coming in hot on the nine off the 42 you guys ready for rendezvous in 17 Let's do this, and don't be like last time. Let's make it tight and clean. <laughs> it's like, it's so bad. It's so, so bad. And uh, it makes those things seem cheesy to me, but I guess somebody there feels like it's, it's smart. Anyway, the Ghost Recon Wildlands thing, yeah, I mean, it's just not a game that I'm going to get excited about. But it certainly looks impressive from a size and scope and scale thing. It's, you know, you got... I just I've done that in mil- a million games now. So let's talk and, about games that get me excited than they showed. Okay. South Park Fractured But Whole. That was by far the best part of that conference and one of the best parts of any conference. So I almost want that just to be a movie. Like I'm not a yeah. big turn-based uh combat player, but oh, oh. Well, I walked out of there. I turned to the person I was sitting with at Ubisoft and I said you know that Trey Parker and Matt Stone are geniuses when an idea that anyone else would like covet and turn into a, a episode of their television show or a movie or something. These guys are like, oh, we'll just put that in the video game. You know, like they're they're like B ideas are most people's A ideas. You know, we'll just we'll just do this amazing riff on superhero movies and we'll make it as the video game. We don't have to use it as a TV show idea. And it's so spot on and so smart and so perfectly skewers that genre. And, you know, just the stuff that they were showing was so great. I loved it. Loved it. Yeah. And it it, it looks like the TV show. I mean, yeah, they did it with uh, Stick of Truth as well. And they're, you know, they've captured the essence of South Park and they're making this great game. I, I never actually played through Stick of Truth because it kind of came out at that weird console transition time. Yeah. But I'm very excited. Free, I know huh? that's it's. Uh, I'm. I think I'm all aboard the hype train for Fractured Butthole. <laughs> Brilliant title, so funny. So, uh, I just I can't I can't say enough great things. And the fact that they, first of all, the fact that Trey Parker said the words "I'm a big board gamer," I was like, oh well, I'm. This, this is the greatest day ever. What are we doing? I gotta get him. I gotta make call him up. Um, but the fact that they like went back, you know, into the drawing board and really refined that combat system—it sounds like it's going to have some really interesting new strategies and tactical elements to, uh, as part of it—and that's great. Like they really want to make a good video game and not just make you know this cash-in thing. And they really seem to be in, involved, and the, the humor is 
really strong and and comes from an authentic place. It's not like you know the B writers coming in and. I just, it's great. It's great. Yeah, it's incredible. And then I'm jumping to the end, but we'll, we can cover other games too. Um, Garnet was on, I streamed these and, and Garnet was in the chat hanging out with me and the, rightfully so giving me a hard time as they were showing Steep, which was their new IP that they were ending with, but that it's coming out this year, which is a very big change for Ubisoft where they show a new IP yeah. at the end and they say five years from now. And I started out watching it and I was just like, what is this game? What? Is this $60? What are you even... I don't know. Who's going to play with that? And then by the end of it, I was like, if this comes out this year, this is my game of this year? It's this year? And I'm like really? freaking you out. You won you over that strongly, huh? Super strongly. Like, it, again, it's the hangout game that's for me. Like, Sea of Thieves, not the hangout game for me. This with, like, the challenges and then the replay, and it has that uh, burnout level of, like, share it with your friends and do it. I think the only thing that's challenging about this type of game versus Burnout Paradise is that at some point you're at the bottom of the mountain, so there are those load times to set you back up, whereas Burnout, you finish a race, and then you are just you hit a jump, and you're still driving around. But the game looked beautiful, and the interactivity between everything and the huge landscapes and... I want a good SSX, and if this is... Well, this looks like SSX if you subtract all the fun. No, the fun's there. This this is Ubisoft doing SSX, just like The Division is Ubisoft um, doing Borderlands. You know what I mean? Like, it's not as colorful and pew-pew-pew-y, but if they're able to make that transition of, like, it's quote-unquote realistic, but still has awesome tricks and type gameplay and that feeling of speed. As I was watching Steep, I was picturing you screaming, this needs to be in VR. Well, that's exactly what I was doing. I was sitting there going, <laughs> and they're going to say it's in VR. And in three, two, and say, and begin talking about how it's going to be in VR. And why aren't you? And guys, you you forgot to say about the VR. What? Why isn't this game in VR? It feels like <laughs> what do I want to feel like I'm shooting down the mountain in a wingsuit? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, in VR, I do. Um, and they seem to be so on the VR tip. I just, I just kept expecting the other shoe to drop and be like, and also it'll be in VR. <laughs> so maybe that's you know contributed to my disappointment with this one a little bit. That I just felt like this is tailor made for that. Like, yeah, I want to be on a in a parachute. I want to be. And they showed it would cut a couple of times to like a first person view, and then I was like, like here it comes. Yeah. Here comes the VR part, and they didn't. It, it won but me over. They did have a lot of VR stuff, uh, including Star Trek. VR, which I thought was a very charming part uh, to have LeVar Burton come out. And it just felt like he and Aisha Tyler had a real genuine conversation uh, about two people that were there to shill, but, you know, just felt so real and so positive and like clearly liked each other and clearly actually liked the thing that they were talking about. And I don't know, I just thought that moment was really lovely. And the game itself, I couldn't be more excited for. I Really? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, this is – so, um, you know, a few weeks ago on the show, I talked about visiting Red Storm in uh, North Carolina. And um, they, I talked at length about them showing me that, that werewolf game that they're making in VR. Yeah. And while I was there, they were like, well, we got this other thing. We can't really tell you about it, but you're going to love it. I promise you're going to love it. And I was like, well, then you should probably tell me about it. And they're like, well, we can't. And I was like, but please. And they're like, no, but you're going to love it. So this is that game that they were talking about. And the reason that I'm so encouraged that that team is making it is because having played their their werewolf VR game, it's clear to me that they get that 
a part of VR that's really going to be strong is social. And yet, to be clear, you mean werewolf like the board game, not werewolf, um, a third-person horror action game. Right. right. It's it's like One Night Ultimate Werewolf. I can't remember their exact title. I should know But it. just people aren't Googling like, what, there's a werewolf VR game? Do I transform? It's not that game. Yeah, well, you do but right. if you're the werewolf. But, but it, yes. it's, it's, you know, it's sitting around a campfire talking to each other and – it's very social and there's very little action. It's just a kind of talk, but in VR and it works. And I love the fact that, that this Star Trek thing picks up those same themes and, and really uses what they learned there to, to make that. Um, yeah, it, it, I think is going to be awesome and I can't wait to play. I have a meeting with them this week. I'll talk about it firsthand and it'll be, I'm sure. Awesome. I just don't think visually it wowed me, and I think what's that Space Command, um, uh, the iPhone game that like does this already. Like you have games that Space Teams, yeah, yeah. When what Lavar was talking about, I feel like these games have been done. This cooperative, we got to work together to get things done. And I guess it's cool that you have the set dressing of Star Trek around you, but it didn't look that impressive and they're just kind of going and it also had the ubisoft chit chat when it showed star trek actors doing it like we need to be out of here in four parsecs or else we're not gonna like well but they were very conscious of that of and lavar even talked about yes. how like he's like i just fell into the thing and it, i don't know I, I thought they were having fun with it rather than and then i'm curious what you know it, it's gonna live or die on its matchmaking and um you know how many people are able to get into a game? You got to fill a ship. I'm. I I would recommend that you get four friends together with iPhones and play Space Team in the same room over this. Maybe. Um, but it did. It did feel like a dream come true. And um, the dreams that I've been having lately, Christian, uh, are because I'm sleeping on my Casper mattress. Hey, see how I did that? I do. Well done. Casper. Is a sponsor of our show and uh, is responsible for making this episode come to you. Uh, and Casper, man, if you want to have great dreams, if you want to have great sleep, Casper is the sleep brand that you probably want. They created a perfect mattress. It's sold directly to customers. That's you. It's got an incredibly high-quality uh, design. It's made with uh, breathable sleeps, breathable sleeps. It's got it's got uh, latex and supportive memory foams on a sleep surface uh, that's got just the right sink, just the right bounce, and uh, yeah, it's breathable, so it stays cool. Uh, some of these mattresses can really heat up, and it's not good. It stays cool, uh, and they're less expensive. Most mattresses uh, they're real expensive. Uh, cost over like fifteen hundred bucks. Casper mattresses cost like five hundred bucks for a twin, eight hundred for a twin XL, seven fifty for a full. These are very affordable mattresses and most people don't replace their mattress as often as they should you're if you're waking up with aches and pains it's probably a good idea to look at your mattress why not get a really comfortable uh really great mattress high quality mattress for a fraction of the price and they'll ship it right to your door the best part about that is you don't have to decide whether or not you want to keep the mattress for a hundred nights you get to sleep on it test it out you don't have to like just go into a store and Lay down for 15 minutes and try to figure it out. You yeah, get to take sleep that Adam Sandler's eight crazy nights. Exactly. 100 <laughs> crazy nights you can have on the mattress before you decide. And then they'll come and pick it up for you if you don't want it. Uh, this is really great. And guess what? We're going to help you out. All you got to do is use our promo code when you go to casper.com slash DLC. C-A-S-P-E-R dot com slash DLC. Use our promo code DLC when you check out. You'll get... 
50 bucks off. That's pretty cool. Uh, and it shows that you listen to our show, which helps us out too. These guys make great mattresses. They're in, inexpensive and very convenient. Um, so go to casper.com slash DLC. Use that promo code DLC at checkout. Get yourself 50 bucks and great dreams. Uh, okay, more uh, Ubisoft stuff that they showed. Um, a sequel to your favorite game, Christian, Grow Home. I'll let you talk about it. I don't need to poop on people's dreams. <laughs> grow up, which I think is cool that there's going to be more grow home. I, I, I think what they showed didn't exactly make me jump for joy in the sense that it didn't look that different from grow home. But I like that that's a, not a dead franchise and grow home was such a charming, fun game that, that uh, you know, I dug it. Uh, Trials of the Blood Dragon. Out now. Uh, crazy out now uh it's trials game done with that insane blood dragon 80s aesthetic pretty cool and like with the shooting level maybe i i meant to download it and get it but my uh ps4 was updating (laughs) of course yeah Uh, i love how ubisoft is uh in on vr in a big way uh let's talk about watchdogs 2 because i think this was a real centerpiece of their whole thing they ended with watchdogs well not ended ended but kind of ended with watchdogs 2 they showed a lot of it um it really does look like that television show, which is called what was Wait, it called? Citizen? No, uh, it was an R, I think. Uh, Mister Robot? Mister Robot? No, yeah. I'm saying yeah. that, but there's no way it looks like Mister Robot. What? It looks exactly like Mister Robot, the video game. There's it no parkour, exactly Mister Robot. There's no gunfights in Mister Robot. Have you watched well, Mister Robot? I have. I watched all of Mr. Robot, but it certainly seems to be the same aesthetic of like you're the hacker that gets recruited into the cool hacker team, and you got you're gonna try to overthrow the government with your like cool like ASCII uh, hacks. You know what it looks a ha- lot like to me. I don't know if you ever saw it. Um, Watch Dogs One. <laughs> it does not look like Watch Dogs One at all. <laughs> it's the same thing. No, it's very different. I mean, <laughs> the only thing it has in common is the idea that hacking is like a magic wand. It's a hacking is magic in this game. Basically, it has the same function as a magic in any other game. Well, that's what I don't understand is that in this world where this kind of like hacking exists, like that senator, they'd have things on way more lockdown and that guard wouldn't be standing in that campaign headquarter with her back to you for an hour as you drive a car around. Like in this world where people can do this, like that senator's campaign or headquarter would be like in a magnetic room or something right <laughs> well not everybody can do this only the sweet hackers can oh. do this who would spend their days working out parkouring and spend their nights hacking and then their evenings making a bitmoji eyeglasses or whatever yeah like i, I don't yeah this game i don't know man i am I uh, i'm skeptical too I, you know, the first one was such a disappointment i just i didn't care for it and this doesn't this does seem like a departure to me maybe not to you but to me it, it seems like a departure just not enough of a departure and and the aesthetic to me is not a you know, i don't know san francisco's cool i grew up in the bay area i'd like to you know explore san francisco but these big open worldy games were uh, just there's just so many of them, and they're all made by Ubisoft. <laughs> yeah, for me, I think what kind of Watch Dogs 1, 2, Watch Dogs 1, I think was a perfectly fine game, but it was overhyped and under-delivered. And Watch Dogs 2, I feel like, for me, the joy for me isn't sitting behind cover and hacking eight things and then going out and doing the thing. Um, it, it uh, Yeah, I hope it's great, but I think the Division DLC is where I'm going to spend my, my Ubisoft open world time. 
couple of people in our chat room make great points. I think uh, Gaucho Cam says, what's the point of hacking if you can go guns blazing with no consequence? Yeah, and then uh, Jazz Galaxy says, as soon as he pulled out the assault rifle, watchdogs leaped into comic absurdity. I agree with both of those things. Uh, let's maybe make the game where you can't use guns or don't want to use guns, or maybe you're, you know, you're a cool hacker who doesn't need to use guns. I did like that weird, like, whippy thing he had. Well, it's like you know, a the, billiard ball at the end. I mean, that thing's breaking faces, too. Yeah, like a like a bolo thing. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and then um, For Honor, I guess, is the other big one that they showed a ton of, um, which I want to say is cool, but again, it feels like a really old-school game dressed up in really new-school visuals. It, 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 yeah. It, it, yeah, go ahead. It reminded me a lot of Rise, Son of Rome, which got pan, I guess, because it was super short. But I it, liked it. I got r- worked on... Uh, yeah, so I got worked on the old uh, NeoGAF for liking that game. So so did I. I got dragged over the coals. I didn't say it was the best game ever, but it was beautiful, and it was a fun showcase game for a new console. This looks similar, but like what they're going for is like hundreds of enemies on screen, but in the demo they showed, it seemed like the popcorn fodder like they never attacked you like the guy just like walked by them and they like hid behind their shields and then you'd fight those you know important people and you would fight them in kind of what it looked like a punch out style like you guessed left right up down kind of thing and it looked very slow to me yeah very beautiful but very slow like the, the the basic concept of samurai versus knight versus barbarian that's a really interesting novel idea but it's just a sort of button mashy third person action game it just i i don't know i i'm at the point now where games all look so great there are so many of them i want something that really kind of delivers a little bit of freshness especially in the context of e3 week where everything sort of mashes together and things that feel the same feel even more the same because they're juxtapositioned with all the other sameness and when you get to a conference like sony which we're about to transition to and so much of it feels so fresh and exciting i think it's because the way that these games even when they play in a very specific genre there's something about the, the that particular idea on display that is new that is interesting even in an established genre like you know horizon zero hour very much is a is a kind of game we've played before but but the environment the look the feel the that place is so new and so fresh and so different that i'm excited for it i, I want to play that game yeah for honor is a game and i don't understand the difference between the multiplayer and then the single player but the multiplayer was kind of just a trailer that they showed again i I hope the game delivers it looks like they have some really passionate people making it and like you said the core idea seems really cool but the the gameplay trailer the single player gameplay trailer did not you know win me over to rush out and pre-order certainly yeah all right let's get to sony um because uh that that was the big the big ending of the evening and i thought really they just brought it in a, in a really, really cool way. Uh, they kicked things off with a, an orchestra, a live orchestra playing the new theme to God of War, uh, which I – being in that room with that orchestra, I was, I was feet away from the orchestra and it was epic. It just – it was so cool and that, that music um, – 
the composer's name just jumped out of my head, but he's uh, famous and awesome. Um, what is his name? Uh, I don't know. Sorry, I'm not going to be any help. He's amazing. I think he's the, isn't he the guy that did uh, all the old Battlestar Galactica music? Um, I don't know. Sorry. The chat room will help me out. Anywho, um, we all guessed that there might be a God of War. I mean, I think the last three E3s we guessed that there was going to be a God of War. Well, Beer Toast uh, leaked. Beer McCre- Bear McCrary. Yeah. Thank you, Jazz Galaxy. Bear McCrary. Um, he's awesome. Anyway, what leaked? Beard, beard Toast leaked. Bearded Kratos. Like images oh, of this right. leaked yeah. months ago. But it was still nice to see it for real and see it in such an awesome way. Someone, when I was streaming, and I don't think they confirmed either way that, oh, I wish I could give credit to who it was in the chat when I was watching the conference that said this, um, that maybe Kratos is the kid. And Maybe. Your, and your dad toast? Yeah. Well, the thing that blew my mind with this, and I can't believe no one has ever done it before. Maybe somebody has, and I'm just not aware of it. I've never seen it before, but it makes so much sense. It seemed to me that you're playing the father, and then when you do something, when you teach your child something, he gets experience. You're getting experience. You're delivering experience to your son. He is getting experience points. You're playing as a character who knows how to do things. And when he does them and demonstrates them, a different character gets experience. I thought, why has nobody thought to do that before? It seems so brilliant to me. I know it's a minor thing, but really cool. No, no, really cool. And they kind of slowly revealed that. I think people were like, wait, what, what? I saw some experience. Was that a Tomb Raider like experience thing? What happened? Is the kid get like people in the chat were getting really excited as they were seeing that happen? I think it's a very very cool technique and a cool wrinkle to you know God of Wars have been very straightforward games. One of my all time favorite series, but you know very straightforward. Well, as somebody who has God of War as one of his all time favorite series, what did you think of this reboot? I mean, it doesn't even have a subtitle. It's just God of War, and it very it's very different. I mean, it is. A completely different camera from the very, you know, tried and true God of War top-down camera that swoops and plays and does all those things. I mean, there was still a lot of uh, moving in and moving out, but this is a very traditional third-person position for a for a camera behind the character. Yeah, I, I, well, God of War had that as well, like you mentioned, and you know. It was a little more isometric before than this, but it definitely zoomed down into some of this. I was blown away by this trailer, and there was a guy playing it, which got me really excited. No date and just in development for PS4 made me a sad panda. But I think the combat they showed looked really cool, again, depending on like how you do all the things. But when he threw his axe, and his axe didn't magically come back like it was still in the dude pinned against the rock or whatever. And yeah. then you went hand-to-hand against the next guy, and then you took your son's bow, and then you literally had the bow still um and the way it looked like the environment was reacting when the big ogre was coming there wasn't a single quick time event you know a classic quick time event god of war in that big fight i thought for sure you would have seen like the hit x to push the big log away well Um, but there's a moment where it's like hit you know l3 and r3 to go into like super angry mode (laughs) and then he does and then he kicks the living crap out of that thing smooshing its face on the ground 
And I was like, well, is he doing that? Or did he just push L3 and R3 and then it did the rest for him? I, it looked to me like a cinematic, which honestly, I think I'd prefer that over the QuickTime cinematic. I'd rather just watch the cool thing instead of me going, oh, square, okay, triangle, yeah. oh, crap. I just want to watch the cool th- I did the cool thing. Let me do the cool thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, it It certainly is a level of storytelling that I don't think the God of War games have really tried for before you know they were very much you know bro guy doing a very kind of two-dimensional story they were fine but this really looks to be much more nuanced and interesting and evocative and i mean i'm a sucker for father-son stories anyway so i i just think this looks absolutely cool um and such a fresh take on again an established genre and an established series yeah i don't know um how we're going to dole out our our game of show award this year but i think you're going to pry it from my cold dead god of war four hands <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah I, so you don't have any reservations about it no i mean it's made by people that have made great games what they showed looked incredible they showed someone playing it it adds an interesting story element to it no it's you know not until it disappoints me but no, everything they showed, I am 100% on board with. Uh, they followed that up with a reveal of a brand new game called uh, Days Gone, uh, which they uh, returned to at the end of the, the show. Uh, this is a zombie game. <sighs> Another zombie game. So I was like, zombie game. But it certainly carves out its own little niche. Uh, I don't think we've seen the sort of... Um, World War Z movie, Brad Pitt, World War Z movie, fast sea of zombies in a video so game. Oh man, like how was this on the PS4? This looked amazing. And he was actually like killing the hordes of the guys and the hordes of the guys, like when one would fall down, it slowed down the momentum of the other guys. Like there was actual physics happening in this horde. So many people coming on screen at one time. Like I feel like Sony Bend pitched this as like a side game in the Last of Us universe. And Sony looked at it and they were like, no, dudes, make this a full-blown game. This seems crazy. Yeah, it does. And, and it really does feel like it's inspired by those, those cinematic ones where, you know, the, the just pouring out of every hole in a building, you know, like everything that they can possibly emerge from, they are. And they're relentless and they're coming at you. I'm like, I felt like almost it was a bit of a cop-out in that sequence that, he doesn't actually get out of it because I was like, well, how do you ever escape that? A helicopter comes in or like a tanker truck and you jump down. Like, you know what I mean? It has to be like the, you get rescued. But if I were playing that gameplay demo, I guarantee you I would have died a hundred times. Oh, me too. But (laughs) at a certain point, it's like, why even shoot at him, bro? Right. You know, just turn tail and haul ass. Yeah. Get out of there. Um, how strong a press conference do you have to have, for uh, extended Last Guardian stuff to be shown and a release date to be shown and no one's talking about it. Well, I think that falls back to what I said at the beginning of, of the show somewhere <laughs> where it's we get so excited for Spider-Man. Oh, the Spider-Man. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like Last Guardian we know is coming for three years and this is the best showing of Last Guardian, but it's E3 is that weird thing where we want the thing we haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. I think come October, if this game delivers, it's going to be... I don't even. I already have eight games on my favorite of 2016 list, Jeff. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm right there with you. Um, I 
I think Last Guardian looks better than ever, and that little guy, that little whatever you want to call him, that little chicken bird uh, rat creature, he, he, he's going to break my heart, isn't he? He's going to just break that heart of mine. Did you get hands-on time? I know you stayed at, uh, at Sony for a little while after the show. Were they, was that playable? No, uh, but I will be seeing them all through the week, and hopefully Last Guardian will be one of the things I'm playing. I actually think I do have a meeting for Last Guardian, so that's cool. But uh, it was almost all PSVR stuff at the cool. after party, so, uh, and I will talk about that at length. And after that was the hotel lobby? Uh, R. Kelly, don't worry about it. It's too late for dumb. Uh, it, yeah, I know. we're going real long already. And I, <laughs> um, Horizon Zero Dawn, Christian. Oh my god! Oh my god! I want this game. This game stra- scratches so many itches for me. I love the crafting. I love the feeling of taking down something i mean this is that monster hunter thing that i've always wished that i had a way into is how am i going to take down this thing i got to analyze its weaknesses and know its stuff and maybe it's got valuable things that i can loot from it and it behaves in really interesting ways and i'm using all these different tools at my disposal and this really interesting cool looking world and all of these amazing techno creatures i am so in on this game it looks like Witcher and Blade Runner had a baby, and like more Witcher came through than Blade Runner. But oh my, oh my! And then, and then when you got your friend, oh, and you rode your friend, and then the big oh. guy killed your friend. Oh. oh, and you know how you get your friend? You like hack his little head, and he becomes your friend, and 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 not like you can like be on him and shooting at the bad guy at the same time, and use him, and <coughs> excuse me, yeah. This game's not coming out until 2017, and I'm so sad because I can't. This can't get into my little hands fast enough. I, I ugh. amazing, amazing. Yeah, it. I mean, you could maybe pry a game of show to that from me, but like, you know, maybe. maybe. Yeah, there's 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 a lot of contenders. Um, how about this trailer for Detroit? The new Quantic Dream game. Uh, what's the full title? Detroit something or other. Becoming Human? Becoming Man? One yeah, of those. Something like that. Uh, I've been a stalwart supporter of Quantic Dream since Heavy Rain. And uh, have gotten a lot of heat for it, both on Weekend Confirmed and, and other places. Um, I always, I, th- I just think the way they are fully choose your own adventure stories my story is different than yours and when we both get done with the game we talk about how we had these completely different experiences and it's very seamless and it all makes sense so yes yeah, sometimes the, it can be a little clunky sometimes the actual moment to moment of buttons i'm pressing aren't exactly the most thrilling action-packed things but i always feel like they give me a sense of doing something in that world really interestingly uh I've never seen a Quantic Dream game expressed in a trailer more effectively than this trailer for Detroit. I thought, this is exactly how you sell a Quantic Dream game. Show me the myriad ways in which a one moment can play out. Show me how much control I have over my fate and how many how much variety there is in, in what my decisions do and, and the effect that they have. I thought that was so well done, and it makes me really excited for that game. 
Yeah, I'm curious how many options you have, because Heavy Rain certainly did not seem to have as many options as they showed in that one gameplay um, trailer. I was wondering, is that the whole game? Is this just a four-hour experience and you replay it over and over and over again? Because it showcased what makes this game so great, but it also went against David Cage's idea of play the game once, <laughs> and, and that's your story. Because as yeah. they were showing all the different things, I was like, this is incredible. This I, I want to see all these things. I think I'll have a hard time moving on. And I like the idea of you playing as an Android because it solves that video game problem of like detective mode. It's like, oh no, you're an Android. You have, you literally have detective mode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it looks great. It's got big, big actors in it. Uh, I just think I, I, I'm shocked actually that David Cage didn't get in more on the, the VR tip because I feel like he was flirting with all that stuff. I mean, so many of of the gameplay mechanics in his games are what combination of buttons and uh, you know a dual shock motion control um, you know accelerometer manipulation can I use to try to convey what it's like to cook an egg in the morning or you know try to jiggle a lock or something? I feel like he's been w- working on that and trying to create those analogous experiences through ineffective means for so long that now we have this technology that actually allows you to have a real one-to-one association. I feel like he would, I'm surprised that his current game isn't utilizing that more. Yeah, maybe it's coming. I, I've heard that this game has been in the works for quite some time and his games are not quick to make the way he kind of does so much of the game. Yeah. So maybe that's the next, that's the next thing. Well, it did uh, lead into a very extended uh, VR section for uh, the Sony press conference. Uh, Before I get into that, I do need to thank our second sponsor because I'm sure I'll forget it if I don't, Uh, which is Mac Weldon. Uh, I am so pleased to be talking about Mac Weldon because uh, it's E3 week, guys, and that means I get up real early. I go downtown and I walk around in one pair of underpants all day long and it's very, very important that they remain comfortable and dry and not irritating because I am moving (laughs) through space, (laughs) getting from appointment to appointment, uh, uh, press conference to press conference, all in the same pair of underpants and if you've experienced that, you know what a difficult time you can possibly have. Well, this if, year they check your ID, you know, your badge at the door at E3 and your underpants. Yeah, so you if better have comfortable and non-chafing. I don't think you get in. So Yeah. Well, <laughs> Mac Weldon is a great place to get to upgrade your basics, upgrade your undergarments, upgrade the things that really you wear most often and are need to be most reliable. And Mac Weldon, they have premium fabrics, very smart design, and also simple shopping. It's not like you have to go to the store and buy underpants. It's, who wants to do that? Nobody. That's an annoying part of your day. Do it from home. It's super easy. We did it. We got something sent right to our house. It comes in a really attractive package, really kind of cool packaging, really high-quality stuff. They're all antimicrobial. That means they eliminate odor. And they're super comfy. I mean, I'm sitting – I'm not lying right now. All I'm wearing right now are my Mack Weldon boxers. That's I'm not cool. wearing underwear. Oh, all right. <laughs> um, but I came home uh, from E3, and I specifically cho- chose my Mack Weldon 
boxers to wear at E3 because I knew they'd be the most comfy ones. And uh, I came home, I took my pants off, and I did this this podcast in only my uh, most comfy little pair of uh, Mac Weldons. So, let us hook you up. <laughs> let us hook you up. Is that TMI? Maybe. No, it's great. It's per- I love it. <laughs> it's the, the truth. Picture. It literally is the truth. They're maroon. They're the only thing I'm wearing right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> MacWeldon.com. We'll give you 20% off. All you got to use is our promo code DLC when you check out. Get 20% off. Upgrade your basics. Feel more comfortable. Be able to walk around and not get chafed. Nobody wants to get chafed. Come on. Come on. Use that promo code DLC, MacWeldon.com, M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. Uh, okay, so this uh, next bit of the Sony press conference in our marathon here through all, all the details um, was the best thing in the world. <laughs> this is Jeff's VR segment. Jeff, 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 Jeff. Jeff's VR segment. VR, VR, VR. This is Jeff's VR segment. See, we don't need anybody to send us a thing. We got a thing. You just do. Not, you just did a thing. I figure if I do them so bad, people will be like, "Oh God, here's a real one." <laughs> <laughs> um, so the the thing that kicked this all off was this very creepy trailer that had again really cool in the room, really cool like accents all over. They were they show these. Um, these bodies, these mannequins at one point, and then like real mannequins flash on, on the side of the stage. I don't know if you could see that in the, in the um, stream or not, but, and there was another part where like he opens this pot and bugs crawl out. And then they had like bug, little bugs come across the side of the stage. It was awesome. Uh, but it's like, Ooh, what is this horror game? Ooh, it's going to be in VR. What is this horror game? Resident evil seven. What? Completely playable in VR from start to finish, the new numbered Resident Evil, which, by the way, Christian, I will remind you that one of my bold predictions last year was that a major franchise was going to have a VR installment. I think I nailed that one. Uh, I will give it to you, but I think that's halfway because you don't need VR to play this game. Well, but... I think I mean it's a first person Resident Evil game. I don't think they make that decision if there's not VR in the equation. Well, what I think is bigger is that this game's out January and also my questions to you my resident VR expert and friend/co-host/nemesis is I feel like it looked like Sony didn't care about how do you move around VR space problem because they just had people walking. They were just walking everywhere. Agreed. Uh, agreed. And um, I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk about. Uh, we'll get into VR real quick uh, because I stayed around. I played a lot of it. They had Resident Evil Seven playable there. The line was insane, and uh, I mean, this was just this was only in, the, in like the VIP upstairs area too. And the demo, they were letting people stay on it for like a half an hour. Oh, that's so annoying. the line wasn't moving. Uh, there was a guy I was hanging out with who was in a, the line an hour, and he said only one person got through. So it's like oh. I'm not even doing that. <laughs> but uh, it was a seated experience. They had chairs there for people to sit in. Uh, and it was a controller experience. So you're not using the, the move controllers uh-huh. to you know, map your hands or anything. This was a seated controller experience, uh, much like you're getting on the Oculus right now. So I'm curious to see how it feels and how it plays. But, oh, man, I bet that game is going to give you all the poops. All the, you're going to need more Mack Weldon underpants after that game because, whoo, I don't even – I don't know about horror – 
in VR. I just feel like it's one step too far, maybe for me, for my underpants. <laughs> yeah, I'm just curious how they, you know, how they pull off that movement, like the disassociation from controller movement, and then with jump scares and NVR. And I don't know how the PlayStation managed to have these games look so. Th- these games that they showed, uh, Farpoint, the Batman, they didn't really show Resident Evil Seven, like have better graphics than anything I've seen on Oculus or Vive. I don't. I don't get it. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, you're not wrong. Uh, it certainly helps that they have these established partners and uh, these established partners have um, engines that they've developed for other games. I mean, certainly you're taking a Final Fantasy 15 engine and you're adapting it for VR. Or you're taking a, a Batman Arkham engine and adapting it for VR. So these are, you know, I think these are established AAA studios that can leverage what they've already built and bring it into VR. Um I will say this. I talked at length about the PlayStation VR hardware after the reveal, and I got a lot of time on the games that they were showing. The games that they were showing at that point were very much smaller experiences. Um, but also, I should say, it was before I owned the Oculus or the Vive. And I was comparing my experience with the PlayStation VR to my recollections of those, not, you know, and, and both of them at events. Now that I've had both the Oculus and the Vive at home and played many, many hours of games in them, uh, I am much more impressed with the PlayStation VR headset huh. than I was. Uh, I find the image quality to be really high with it. And I was specifically looking at that tonight when I played uh, several games, I, I, I played the Batman game. I'll tell you all about it in a second. I played the uh, Psychonauts VR game, uh, and I played a couple of others. Um, and I was specifically going, okay, well, I'm going to compare the image quality to the headsets I know. It, it has a marked, less prominent screen door effect. I think the Vive in particular has a really... Uh, I'm sure you remember when you were over, it's very pixelated looking, right? Especially when you're looking at, at white, uh, all white or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes away as you get into more vibrant games and you sort of get lost in that stuff. You can you cease to see it so prominently, but it's there. And I think that the PlayStation headset is it does a really good job of mitigating. It's still there a little bit, but it is it's a much cleaner image. It does have more flickering or sort of a shimmering effect than I see in the Oculus or the Vive. And there, I've heard that there is some magic behind the scenes with the PlayStation VR that they are messing with uh, your frame rate so that they're not actually having the game itself have to hit a certain frame rate that what the hardware will do is sort of like double up frames or make things smooth things out so that it reduces the nausea, but doesn't Hmm. require the game itself to hit as high a frame rate. So maybe that's where some of the shimmering comes from or, or whatever. It does feel a little like that. Uh, but the games look, they look really good in the PlayStation VR. There's still several of them, uh, that look a little less, you know, lower quality than what I'm getting on a, on a big beefy PC, but Certainly the stuff they were showing is is high quality and I I'm so glad that the PlayStation VR is going to be this high quality experience that will usher people into a a VR future that I want to live in so badly. 
Yeah, it it showed really well. I mean, people were tweeting at me like, of course, it's the game company that makes VR worth owning because, you know, they have experience with great games and these other companies are getting into soft or hardware for the first time and maybe don't have those developer relationships. And it looked like Sony was showing, yeah, we have years of developer relationships. Yes. Here's some cool stuff on our platform. That's exactly the case. That's exactly the case is that, you know, they, they have a history with these companies and they can say, hey, you know, we've had such great partnerships before. Why don't you make something for our new hardware and, and you know, they can, get, they can make those deals. And I think that's really smart. Um, Shutter Monster and um, somebody Pretty else. Man. Yeah, they were both saying that the 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 thing that I'm seeing is that the headset uh, reprojects frames. Um, so that's that's what it's doing, which is I think um, what I'm talking about, what I had heard. Um, Batman VR. Remember a couple of weeks ago when I was like, "Oh my god, I wish there was a Batman game in VR." No, you don't remember that? You say VR, I tune out. Oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, there's a Batman game in VR, guys, and I played it. And I'm going to tell you exactly how what it is real quick. I know we got we're going long and it's late, but gosh darn it, Christian, I can't not talk about this. No, it's fine. Do it, and then I'll edit it, and then I'll get up at five thirty with my two kids, and then I'll be at the show floor later, and I'll be a zombie, and then I'll be in a video game in 2016 or 2017 as a zombie. So it works out. Let's Perfect. keep going. All right. So um, the Batman experience that they were showing the the two demos that they were showing. Uh, one of them was called Be the Batman, and the other one was called World's Greatest Detective. Be the Batman starts where you're you're standing in Wayne Manor, in front of you're you're holding the two um, motion controllers. The um, what are they called? The uh, stupid moves. Well, move, there's a, there's a new thing now. The PSVR aim controller. Have you seen this? Yes, that's for Farpoint. Okay, that's, that's so like that's con. not Batman. I will, okay, great. Okay, yes. and um. Yes, yes. They like didn't the make as big of a deal way. about that, uh, I think, because of recent events. And so, sorry, backing up, are you first-person Batman or you're under the cowl? F- first-person Batman. You're, you're standing in, in Wayne Manor. You're standing okay. in your living room in front of a piano with the red bat phone to your left. <laughs> first-person, nice. grand staircase behind you, big uh, you know bay doors in front of you that look out to your grounds chandelier above you gorgeous wayne manor and up walks alfred who talks to you who looks awesome i mean very high quality assets looks amazing he tells you that there's a problem and he stands there and he's helping you out and there's like a drawer uh underneath the uh, you know in the uh the nightstand that the bat phone is sitting on you can you know you've got these uh, these hands that are floating in the air. They don't have arms or anything. There's these, just like a lot of VR games, they're these, you know, uh, un- unattached hands. And if you look at your hands, they're like, the knuckles are bloody. Like Batman has been punching some dudes. It was awesome. Um, but, you know, you can like uh, open the drawer and there's some pictures in there. There's a picture on the, on top of the, the um, piano of, your mom and dad, you know, uh, Thomas Wayne and Martha Wayne. You know her. My mother's name was Martha. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. Thank you. You can pick up that picture and look at it more closely. You know, you're just hanging out, right? And you can open, uh, or no, you, uh, so you, you know, open that drawer and you're looking at stuff. And then Alfred goes, Oh, sir, I think this is what you were looking for. And he like holds his hand out and he's got a key in it. And you can take the key from his hand and that unlocks the piano and you lift the piano up. And then the piano's there and your hand, like as you move your hand 
toward the the or you your move controller really, which is your hand. As you move it toward the piano, it like extends an index finger, and you can like plink on the piano. You're like plink 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 plink, and you plink enough keys. And the everything changes, and the floor opens up, and you gradually go down into the bat cave. So basically, like the the piano code that you just did was the key to unlocking the entrance into the bat cave, which is awesome because you didn't know that's what you were gonna do. But it was so rad. It was such a rad moment. And you start going down this elevator, and it's dark and there's like cool, you know, uh, tech stuff all around you. And you have this feeling of motion that you're getting, you know, going down this elevator. And then they're like, you know, each level that you go down, there's like new things that you're seeing and like bats are hanging upside down and you go deeper and deeper. And then you get into this really techno uh, technology thing. This like, I don't know, this case that you're inside that has pipes and, and wires and stuff. It looks like where Iron Man hangs out. And it says, like, di- running diagnostics. And uh, you, um, you it, 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 like, extends these two little handhold things. And it says, uh, you know, attach gauntlets. And you reach your hands out and grab onto those two things by pulling the triggers. And then it, like absorbs your hand inside them and you and and then shoot your hand back out and now you've got the back gloves on and then it says like uh you know attach cowl and the, the cowl comes down and you can like see inside it and look around it and you literally reach your hand out grab the cowl and then put it on your head with your hand you like move your hand to toward your face and you put it on and now you've got the cowl on and then like this techno mirror comes down and you can see yourself in the – you look like Batman. And if you move your head around, Batman's head moves in the reflection. And it's like running diagnostics. And uh, and then it gives you cool Batman utility belt things. Like it gives you the grappling gun and it's like testing grappling gun. Shoot it at the target and you shoot it at the target. And then you've got uh, a, like a sensor that you test on the target. And then you've got batarangs on your belt and you can grab them as many of you want from your belt and throw them. And, and you're t- hitting targets in the testing area. And like after you complete all of the diagnostics, becoming friggin' Batman – it like it goes even lower and you start going into uh the the bat cave proper and you see like the cool uh waterfall in front of you that you know that you drive the car through and there's like the you know the statue of uh the tyrannosaurus rex that's always in the bat cave and then that like giant penny you know that's in the back and it's all around you and you're searching looking all around and you go down and you hear alfred like give you a mission and then it blacks out and that's like the end of the demo so there wasn't any gameplay really, but the the idea of like suiting up in first person as Batman is so incredibly awesome. I can't even tell you. The other demo is much more gameplay, and but it, it's it's you know those moments in the Arkham games where you're like reconstructing a uh, a crime scene, yeah, like Origins, I think did that best. Yeah, where you kind of go in and it like plays it in reverse, like the little hologram projected or whatever. That's exactly what you're doing. You're doing that in 3D space in virtual reality, and you can move time forward and backward and look can at you things. Move you, you, you kind of move from node to node. You're like popping around, and you go over here and you manipulate things and figure stuff out. So you're and, like teleporting. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm just trying to make sure I'm trying because this is a move controller. This is standing kind of yep, room, standing, kind of thing. Yep. 
Okay. Absolutely. And uh, I, I said, so is this all the game is going to be? Is it just going to be these, you know, master detective moments? And the guy said, you can expect everything that is part of being Batman as being in the game. What? How do they do that combat? I don't know. I I'm going to throw up. That's how they do that combat. <laughs> I do not know. But I'm uh, curious how long this game is. I'm curious the depth of it. I'm curious the price of it. Like, that's what I'm so like. This sounds amazing, but it's. You know, it's it's VR one or VR zero, and you know you pay four hundred dollars for this headset, and then how much does the better one two years later, where they're having the PlayStation Five or whatever it is, and like the next thing, it's it's a big cost ask for the hardware, and I hope that we see games that start coming out for this hardware, and not well, yeah, you're early adopter, so you're okay, you spent four hundred bucks, and you know the next one will be even better. Yeah, yeah, this sounds incredible. It, it's it's pretty incredible. And I specifically asked if it was running on a PS4. They said yes. I said, is it going to be coming out for more than just PS4? And they were real cagey about that. So I don't know. I know that, uh, like, for example, the um, Psychonauts VR game is exclusive to P- PlayStation. So, Christian, I guess I have to buy a third headset now. Which <laughs> Well, I have one coming. I'll see how expensive they are on eBay and see if I can cut you a deal. Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> um, but, you know, they, they've talked about a lot. This Final Fantasy is going to be in VR. There's this X-Wing VR mission for Star Wars Battlefront, which requires that game and uh, is only one mission, but it's an X-Wing mission. And, my goodness, how cool is that? Um, and Farpoint is a full-on first-person shooter with this, you know, gun uh, move controller holder <laughs> that uh actually gives you a sense of ha- you know having a gun they're they're showing real games that look really good i think they're gonna i think they're gonna do a great job of selling people on vr and i'm so thrilled about it yeah it was a very impressive you know stage show even for vr and a lot of people were getting really excited i don't think they did a good job of signaling that they were transitioning out of it when i was watching the call of duty trailer which i think was the best footage of call of duty infinite warfare they've shown so far like that sequence but i was like wait this is vr how is this vr there's no way this is vr this is i'm i am buying all the playstation vr headsets right now this is the most incredible thing i've ever seen in my life and then it wasn't vr but they just didn't tell us that it wasn't vr Well, how long did you know until you knew it was call of duty i guessed it at the first uh face mask rip yeah yeah, I was but a it was far into it for me too. But I was like, oh, "That's kind of cool." I'm glad they didn't start out with like Call of Duty. Right. Uh, I was like, "Oh no, look, look how much you're into this, and you didn't know you were supposed to hate it yet." Right. You know? I think I think it was a smart play reaction to the hate from the YouTube video. And I think had they shown this gameplay first and done it this way, it looks it looked very engaging and very cool. Yeah. Um, Crash Bandicoot. Any juice for Crash Bandicoot remasters? No, uh, uh, no. I like old old Crash was fun, but I'd have no desire to replay old Crash with a prettier thing. It's you know. It no. sounds. It felt like the second prong of the two pronged approach, where the first prong was like, "Well, put it in that Uncharted game and remind everybody that this was a thing." <laughs> well, I, I think it's the we still have, we're not able to make a real game for this because our relationship with Activision isn't great. But yeah. sure, they'll let us do this thing and then hopefully that will sell some skylanders <laughs> right right uh they showed lego star wars which looked cool and then this crazy moment with hideo kojima what do you make of that he showed uh his new game which death i can't stranding death stranding what i have i mean i thought this was called like 
uh, sea life is dead. But he brought Norman with him from PT. Right. And Norman tweeted out. Did you see Norman's Instagram picture that he posted? No. It's of uh, Kojima drinking tea with a, on the teacup. It says uh, Konami tears. <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> and so it's just like, yeah, we're, we're doing this. Um, I have no clue what this game is, but it is covered in Kojima. And I, oh. I really enjoyed Kojima. Like he if had a there was section. A, if there was anybody know. that was holding him back now, that person has no power, and it's like he's full Kojima now. Yeah, I mean, this. I think what Norman Reedus had was Kojima's baby. Like that's what. <laughs> I have no clue what this yeah. game is. Or Are something we supposed in the to think that that's what that was? Is like a, a C-section scar, and he had that baby. I, I, I have no idea. I don't know what type of game this is. He, uh I, I don't I have I have no idea, Jeff, but it's Kojima and so I'm on board. I'll I'm tell on you board what, I'll tell you what this game me. is not coming out anytime soon. Uh, no, of course. This not. isn't anything. This is a weird psycho crazy cutscene that he made that can can be anything or not anything and maybe is tangentially related to whatever the game ends up being, but we're not gonna find out for four or five years. And when it comes out, who knows if this has anything to do with anything, but still cool imagery. And it's nice that he's working on something. Yeah, a hundred percent. This was like, let's get him out there. His, his NDA or whatever is done. His non-compete is done. We're going to parade him out on a Sony press conference where they love seeing him and they're going to have a cool moment. And I think it was cool to show that him and Norman are still friends and they're going to make this thing. And it's easy to be excited about it. But then remembering you're never going to see it for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. It's bizarre. It's cool that it was like all in engine, I guess. But oof, I don't even but what know. what engine? <laughs> I don't even know what to make of that. Um, what else did they it's show? Spider-Man. Oh, Insomniac. Spider-Man. Insomniac. Yeah. So I had heard there was a long rumor for a while. And I talked about this on the, you know, our rumors or pre-show that it was going that because sucker punch is still working on something we don't know what they're working on i had then heard from uh birdies that it was actually insomniac but i was told i couldn't say that <laughs> uh, <laughs> um uh i am so on board and are you telling me that the people that made ratchet and clank are making a spider-man game you're telling me the people that made sunset overdrive a game i didn't like the humor and story about too much but like has fast movement they're making spider-man yeah uh, the trailer, you know, the trailer was fantastic, but the trailer for even the old Activision Spider-Man games were fantastic because it's just not me playing the game. It's just Spider-Man swinging around and he jumps really high and jumps really low and he shoots someone and swings them around. But wowza, it looked amazing. Uh, yeah, I'm in. And man, these guys got busy real quick, didn't they? This is a studio that used to do like one game every two years. And now they're there's like bam, bam, bam. We did coming out with so much and and so many high quality things. I mean, I just and, yeah, so different. John, I said it before. I'll say it again. Insomniac, I think, is one of the most exciting studios working today. They have a horror game in VR. They have a Metroidvania 2D um, kind of game. They did Ratchet and Clank. Uh, they have Spider Man coming out. It, yeah. They're incredible. Yeah, and they got another uh, VR that that. Um that sort of uh, altered beast looking game. Uh, oh yeah. I can't remember what that's what called. What the heck? Yeah. They are killing it. Yeah. They and are. they all look good. They all look good and they all are good uh, so far. 
Yeah, I'm very excited for that Spider-Man game. Um, and I, I wonder how much it's going to be. It sounded kind of like the actor from the new new movies. I wonder how much it's going to be kind of tied into that Homecoming movie. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a ways off, I think. So it could be maybe that is the suit from Homecoming. Yeah. I think he certainly had a red, white, and blue suit. The voice acting seemed great. I mean, it was a, a very well-done CG trailer that had all the things that were cool. I don't know how many times you watched the trailer, but of course you see the Daily Bugle in it. There's a billboard that says Os- uh, Osborne for Mayor that he swings by. Um, oh, gosh, what are those mask villains? The Immortals? Um, hmm. No, not the Immortals. Uh, but the, those are guys that I was like, I know those guys. So it was a really well done um, trailer. Like, this is the Spider-Man universe you know and love, which is awesome. Really cool. And then they, of course, wrap things up with Days Gone, which, which we talked about already. Uh, overall, I thought it was a phenomenal, phenomenal press conference. And again, very theatrical full of ups and downs and highs and lows and really unexpected things. Uh, very light on, on fat or statistics or, you know, it wasn't a press conference. It was a show. And as a show, I found it to be really entertaining and really fun. And it gave me a lot to be excited about as a PlayStation owner and as a video game fan in general. I, I just came out of there so jazzed. It was very well done, and if these games continue to progress this way, we'll be having a one- wonderful games to play for the next four to five years. And we have great games coming right now. I need to remind myself about that, that the back half of 2016 has more incredible games coming that I'm going to be playing and not to overlook them. And then are, are we going to see Shadow of Mordor 2? Is WB? I mean, are there, more, are there more games coming? This E3 is just getting started, and I feel like I'm already overwhelmed and... and worn out and excited and tired and all, yeah. all of the wonderful things. Yeah. I mean, I think the notable uh, missing things from today were Crackdown 3 for me. We didn't get that. There, yeah, wasn't, there wasn't any um, Red Dead Redemption 2. We are all hoping for, for maybe seeing that at one of these press conferences. Uh, maybe if Rockstar – Rockstar usually sits out E3, but we thought maybe one of the big manufacturers would get that as a get for their stage mm-hmm. presence. Um and uh, what else? I mean, overall, lot to be lot to be excited about. I'm curious what your like. If you could have one game right now, what would it be? It have to be God of War. Really? I love that franchise. It's one of my favorite franchises of all time. They're doing something new and exciting and different with it. I mean, the wild, imaginative, speculative person of me says Spider-Man because I would love for Spider-Man to become not the same gameplay, but I would love Insomniac to make Arkham Knight. You know what I mean? Like that quality. I would love to have a Spider-Man game that is one of my favorite games of all time. But based on the track record, God of War 4 looks incredible. That's me. What about you? What's your give it, give it, give it? Give it to me now. I mean, it's. I'm very curious what that, what the full Batman experience is going to be like in VR. But I won't pick a VR game as my give it, give it, give it to me. I think for me, it is Horizon Zero Dawn. I am so in love with that game. I on every level, like everything, but the fact that it had like branching dialogue trees, it's got some clearly has some role playing story element type stuff to it. Uh, Just how it looks, the universe. I want to be there. I want to search around and find things and see new, new creatures. Uh, Oh, the other notable exception from the uh, press conference uh, was no man's sky. I think that was very intentional. The game got a delay. The dude got death threats. The game's coming out 
fairly soon. Like, let's give it breath. Let's let it breathe. We'll come back to that after E3 has died down and they'll go full bore end of July and, and ramp back up to that. Yeah. Uh, I think that's probably true. Um, but still, uh, I was kind of hoping there might be, I know it was a faint hope, but I thought there might be some sort of no man's sky VR talk. Um, but nope, no such thing, but the VR games that we got instead, uh, I could never have predicted a resident evil seven and a Batman. My and goodness. this, this stink, not this year, but for all intents and purposes, this stink at January. Resident Evil 7 in January. Yeah, I mean, are, are you excited that Resident Evil 7 is is such a departure from what Resident Evil has been traditionally? 100%, because my favorite Resident Evil before this was also the biggest departure from what Resident Evil had been before that. Resident Evil 4 is a masterpiece. I own too many copies of it on various systems, and when that was coming out, it was such a departure from what Resident Evil had ever been. And I think they kind of leaned too far into that for 5 and 6. And for them to do something new and fresh and exciting, I feel like Resident Evil 7, Jeff, might be what you were looking for Gears of War 4 to be. Like, they're taking a bold change of direction with this franchise. Yeah. And I think you have to applaud them for that. I mean, it couldn't be farther away from Resident Evil 4, but yeah. I mean, That's what I mean. Right, but I'm happy to go take that jump with them yeah. one more time. Yeah. And then I guess sea of thieves is, is, is high on my list. I know that, uh, you're a little uh, doubtful about that one, but, um, I think it, I think it could end up being a really interesting, fun experience. Um, yeah, those are, I think those are the, the take, the takeaways. Uh, and I love how big a part, uh, of, of everything that VR has become. And I think that uh, it's only going to get more interesting from here. And we got lots more, coming this week uh coverage uh we, christian and i are both going to be at the show with hands-on of games we're going to have uh, ben silverman on with us as our guest on monday and we'll give out our game of show and we will talk about all of the first hand experience that we have uh throughout like zelda. the we'll be zelda, playing yeah, zelda that's exactly right we are definitely going to have hands-on with zelda oh and i have already talked to people that have played it and one person Who's told? Who told me straight up? Nintendo might be crazy like a fox because he said this Zelda is amazing, and uh, like focusing the whole conference on just this one game may end up being a brilliant move. So I'm very excited to play that. Very excited to see what else uh, they have to say, what else they have to show with with regard to that game, and so many other things. There's tons of these PC games that I'm going to be playing and. Uh, we're going to have lots and lots to talk about next Monday with Ben, who's also at the show in a big way, covering all kinds of stuff for Yahoo. So stick around. Uh, have a great week. Read a bunch of stuff, but keep a little spot on your playlist for us, please, uh, this this week. Uh, we'll be back on Monday uh, with our big E3 wrap-up. We're going to have a great time. Um, and uh, Christian, it's been fun just doing you and me. Yeah, no, I... Uh... I always like when we just get to talk. I think I love having great guests, but I like checking in you and me from time to time because I think we get to dive a little deeper into, really, you like Sea of Thieves? And you get to be like, Forza Horizon 3, huh? <laughs> well, no, I, I, I like Forza Horizon 3. I just wish it was burnout. <laughs> right. I wish it was everything that I saw in that except plus crashes. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Well, they did that sweet uh, jump. That Dude, cool. how great was it with that like the high note when that chick hit the high note in the song and... They hit that jump, and I was just like, this is the greatest! It was awesome. Yeah, really well done. 
All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the bonus episodes this week. Uh, we had a great time doing it, even though it's way past both of our bedtimes. And uh, poor Christian now has to <laughs> edit the show. Uh, but we really appreciate you guys listening. Uh, we'll be back. Until next time, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place. Chugga, 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 chugga. Eat me.